1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective.
0: 2020 on Vision. On a Monday morning, we do like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby with the specific intent of getting an idea what's on the political agenda, what's been bubbling along and what's coming through the week ahead. Good to be able to welcome back to 2020 today Dan Flynn, who is the Deputy Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Hello, Dan. Welcome back to 2020. It's
1: a pleasure to be here. Thank you.
0: Uh, Dan, just before we get into some of the issues, you had a change of designation recently. You used to be called the Chief Political Officer. Now you're Deputy Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. There's a few more changes happening at the ACL.
1: Well, well, there there are, and they're, they're all good. Here we've had um, many people. Uh, will be your listeners in particular in Queensland will be familiar with Wendy Francis, who for the last ten years has been our Queensland state director. Well, Wendy has uh, really just been promoted to the role of national director of politics. So that means that her new state, if you like, or new area, is the federal parliament. And uh, Wendy, of course, is um, you know she's deeply embedded in. Uh, political uh, work from a Christian perspective, and uh, yeah, we wish her every success in this new role, um, relating in particular to federal members of parliament and senators and their staffers and so on. And look, she's um, yeah, perfect, perfect choice for the role. So we're thrilled to have her. And
0: uh, Wendy is well known to our listeners and uh, we'll look forward to getting lots more political perspectives and especially since we're not that far out from another federal election. Hey, let's get on to some of the issues, perhaps a focus on uh, your home state of Victoria and I know you live in Canberra these days, but uh, in Victoria where Fiona Patton uh, moved a motion in the Legislative Council last week to remove the Lord's Prayer from the Victorian Parliament. Now, she proposed to replace that with a moment of silent religious observance or reflection, but it's been postponed. How are you feeling about all of that Dan? Mm-mm.
1: look it's better than being postponed. Uh, Fiona Patton really did think that she would win this, uh, that she would have the support of the government, and she ran a petition online which looked like it started having good numbers, and uh, it seemed to be that she was you know you know in front of this particular uh, horse race, if I can put it that way. But the the Christian uh, people, uh, the people of faith in Victoria, uh, rose up in phenomenal numbers and emailed their members of Parliament. I think about ten to 11,000 people participated. So that means every upper House MP would have had about 2,000 emails uh, and every lower House MP would have had a couple of hundred. And in fact, it's reported in the last week's age that there were more emails received to retain the Lord's Prayer than there were complaining about the lockdowns, which is a phenomenal, um, phenomenal thing to remember. So uh, this has been a win. Um, even up to the day, last uh, Thursday, it was expected uh, that uh, she would be able to get government support for this. Uh, but mercifully, and described by it, one MP as a miracle, uh, she didn't, and no deals were done and um, uh, this has now uh, gone off the board and won't be seen again, this term of parliament. So that's great, and what we saw was just a fantastic uprising, and you know, I know that there were uh, many um, Labor members of parliament who wanted this to happen but would not go against such an uprising, and they were saying, look, let's pick our fights and that people remember these social issues when it comes election time, and let's have no more of these sort of social issues between now and the election uh, in November of next year. So a great outcome. Uh, there is a fly in the ointment, Neil, and that is that the Attorney General said that if Labor was elected, they would commit to uh, workshopping a replacement model. Um, you know, a replacement of the Lord's Prayer. Now, when that was put to Daniel Andrews late last week, he uh, crab walked away from that and said, "No, no, you know that's not my position." Uh, But, look, we see a huge risk lurking there uh, should the Andrews government be re-elected at the end of next year. So so far, so good. A great win uh, for, uh, really. I think, the Westminster system and um, a system where people humble themselves before they start their parliamentary day. And this happens in every parliament in Australia, both houses, uh, except for the ACT Assembly, Um, But every other parliament in Australia uh, continues this tradition, which started in Westminster, Neil, some of your historical buff listeners will be interested, was uh, about 1553, the tradition of saying the Lord's Prayer, so we it continues,
0: and a century of tradition here in Australia, and uh, I think it's a hundred years in Victoria. So, yes, uh, when you hear though of the Labor Party thinking of uh, making that part of a platform for when they are re-elected, uh, changing that, that also uh, rings an alarm bell. Hey, let's talk about the Religious Discrimination Bill. A bit of an update here, Dan, because there's a group of Liberal MPs who are working against the Religious Discrimination Bill and they're opposing the so-called Folau Clause, which relates to statements of belief. What are your thoughts around what's happening?
1: In this Religious Discrimination Bill, the most important clause is the clause that has been called the Folau Clause which basically stops your employer policing your statements outside of the workplace. So if you say something on social media in your own time or you say something uh, in, in a church, if you're a lay preacher, uh, then the idea of the hour Clause is that uh, in many circumstances, you cannot be carpeted on Monday morning and told that your statements don't reflect the company's diversity policy. So the Christian Porter draft, has had that protection, which in principle is a good one. And so what is at risk here is that uh, should this religious discrimination bill go to the Parliament, uh, that the Folau clause may be missing. And that's a great concern. And I can reassure your listeners uh, that uh, our team of lobbyists and lawyers here in Canberra uh, have been up in Parliament House uh, in recent days uh, meeting with the Attorney-General's office and other key players to uh, let them know this is the biggest issue for our supporters. And in fact, in the, last week, many of, support, of our supporters made it clear to their own members of Parliament that this was critical for them. Um, so it's a big issue.
0: And most of us these days are not wearing a Christian T-shirt or a Christian hat or other things that designate that we are Christian, and sometimes those sorts of things come through in conversations and they find their way onto social media. So this is a major, major issue here, isn't it, Dan, because you have to be able to talk about your faith to make a statement of belief. And that's the whole statement of belief that the Falau Clause, in fact, upholds. And so you need to be able to have a way to make a public statement.
1: Well, you've hit the nail on the head. Now, the discrimination law, for example, disability or age or race, people uh, can look at me, they may determine my age and my race, or, you know, whether I have a disability. I don't have to say a thing, and then if someone discriminates me against against me on the basis of that attribute, that is unlawful. And as you're absolutely right to say, most people will only know someone is a Christian or a person of faith when they make a statement of belief, and that's why the statements of belief clause needs to be there, um, or otherwise we are we are silenced and we are in fact discriminated against a very important point you make.
0: And your standing army of volunteers has come to the fore again as they have done in previous issues that have been faced and they're going to be called upon, no doubt, to be taking some action around these sorts of things as well.
1: Last week was phenomenal in terms of the participation of, uh, you know, I would say probably 250 um, volunteers um, and there were supporters in their thousands, making calls. Uh, we have been able to assess that probably 3,000 calls were made last week to various members of Parliament, and uh, these were people who were local constituents who had every right to call, some of whom were elderly, um, all of whom would have been polite, just saying, uh, please progress religious discrimination bill that actually has meaningful protection for statements of belief, and uh, these MPs have been greatly influenced by it. Uh, they've told me so. Uh, they've reached out for meetings. They've reached out for conversations, and um, I think uh, the MPs know the Christian constituency uh, cannot be ignored. And certainly, last week, I think it's fair to say that the um, you know the the, the quiet uh, Christians uh, found their voice, which was excellent.
0: I imagine, Dan, there's probably still some room on the team. I know there'll be listeners listening right now saying, well, how do I get to be a part of a movement here that's taking some action on these huge issues that will change the face of the culture we have in Australia if things change? People to get onto your team, do they connect with you simply going to your website at acl.org.au? They
1: simply Google um, ACL uh, Volunteer. Uh, they'll be able to uh, join join up with the team. Uh, there'll be someone who'll call them in a short period of time. Uh, they'll be given some training and some tools. And, um, you know, they'll feel very much a part of their local community because each electorate is headed by a local campaign organiser. Uh, so it's it's quite organised in a, in a friendly Christian way. And this is really a unique movement we're seeing. And uh, there's no doubt that these government... MPs who got the cause this week realise that the Christian voice really needs to be listened to. And, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting when you think even about uh, the um, no religion campaign in the census, you know, you know, people trying to drive down the religious voice. Well, we saw last week that uh, that voice um, was definitely heard in the corridors of power.
0: Well, let's talk census because it's on tomorrow night. I mean, hard to believe it's five years since the last one. But uh, tomorrow night, census night, we're going to be asked that question about religion. And we won't be given any option to say, I'm Christian. Uh, It will be urgent for Christians to be aware of how to approach the religion question. And there's also a campaign here I'll get your insights because while listeners to this program will know that there's been a bit of a campaign to say, make sure you fill out that question in the census and make sure you say that you are a part of a denomination or write that you're a Christian in there. Don't, Don't tick the no religion box. But there is a campaign that's been operating for people to tick no religion. What's your thoughts about what's been happening behind the scenes?
1: This is a very important issue, Neil. Uh, in the last census, uh, 52% of Australians identified as Christian. The um, the actual census form um, doesn't have a category for Christian, um, but it has, um, you know, Islam, Buddhist, Hindu, Anglican, Catholic, Uniting Church, and I think almost no other category. And then other. So, if for example, if you're a Pentecostal, you're part of uh, the Brethren Church, you've got to fill in other and then you have to put in, in your own words, what that other is. And so um, I think it is important that people answer the question and that they um, uh, indicate uh, what type of Christian they are, if I can put it that way, and meaningfully type into that box, um, you know, whether they're Pentecostal uh, or they're, you know, whatever other denomination it might be, uh, reformed or so on, just so the communication is clear, so that when those who have to add all this up uh, can read uh, the Christians as Christians. Um, Neil, you comment on this campaign to um, you know there's, a, there's a, a no religion campaign. There's a c- campaign out that says if you're unsure or, or you know maybe you haven't been to church for a while, then put no religion. And the the what that campaign is saying is. Uh, that if people say no religion and that's a strong outcome uh, tomorrow night, then that'll reduce funding for, say, chaplaincy and, um, uh, you know, potentially Christian schools and other social policies. And that's why they're doing it. And, Neil, this campaign, uh, the religion campaign, is nothing to do with helping people who are unsure. It's all about... Um, it's all politics and it's people... You know uh, who are activists trying to uh, use people as pawns to advance a progressive agenda. They want people to say no religion so that the uh, their progressive policies can move forward. So I think people should know the truth about that campaign. Uh, that it doesn't come from a good place, and it's not actually about religion. It's about um, you know left wing, uh, overtly progressive politics. Um, much of which is unchristian. And the view is if we have a lot of no religion, then protections for the unborn, for euthanasia, uh, for religious freedom, um, then there'd be a sense that they're not as important anymore. And that's why that campaign is being run. What we would say, Neil, is for people to obviously to state the truth, uh, to answer the question, and to state clearly uh, their Christian denomination.
0: I guess what we might hope here, Dan, given the result last time that took the Christian uh, census numbers uh, down to 52.1%, that uh, that would have been probably a right sizing of the Christian constituency here in Australia. Perhaps we might even see a rise in that number. And uh, I guess, though, as you say, uh, be honest on the form. If you're a Christian, say you're a Christian. Uh, Don't be duped into writing something else.
1: Neil, absolutely. Uh,
0: let's talk about the Truth of It Live campaign and Martin Isles has been uh, traversing the countryside. Uh, COVID has had a few little things to say about where he can go but uh, he's preparing for some events in Western Australia, Dan.
1: The Perth Convention Centre is uh, ready for Martin Isles and the truth of it. Uh, we have people on the ground over there um, you know, doing venue inspections and so forth. Uh, So uh, this is uh, the 14th uh, of August, uh, Saturday. So next Saturday, uh, it's uh, a very big, important event. And, you know, I'd certainly ask your listeners to pray for this event and for the events in Albany, Bunbury and Geraldton uh, that are happening during the month of August. Um, You know, there's there's, there's been controversy with venue cancellations and then reinstatements by the government and all of that is, is well known. Uh, but it does uh, highlight the need uh, for us to pray uh, for Martin and to pray for these events uh, that uh, the Christian truth can be can, can be proclaimed uh, and not shut down. And
0: uh, so long as COVID stays under control in some sense here, Martin's going to be there, and uh, he's just been getting the most glowing welcomes all around Australia where he's speaking and uh, filling venues, and uh, that's the likelihood to happen once again. I mean, you must be heartened by that, Dan.
1: Well, well, it is heartening. It's also, um, you know, a great responsibility. And, um, you know, the prospects of having four and a half thousand plus people uh, at the Perth venue uh, is um, is a wonderful prospect. And really, it's our prayer for each and every one of those people that uh, they get really something very meaningful out of this and are nourished in their faith and how their faith connects to their you know, their everyday life and and their their political connections and uh, their connections with the culture. So we do pray that it will be a fantastic event and series of events for these really important individual Christians who are going along. Uh,
0: Increased importance too, Dan, no doubt, because uh, listeners will be aware, uh, those who listen to this segment frequently uh, will know that there was real controversy when, ACL was locked out of some taxpayer-funded venues in Perth and in Albany, and so there was a backflip there, there was a turnaround, but a lot of listeners will be very aware that uh, there's been some cancel culture happening at state government level there. Uh, is that, do you think, going to help to contribute to fill the seats in all these venues? Oh,
1: look, it probably it does uh, in the sense that it created a huge amount of awareness. Um, you know, this was sort of all over Western Australian News, 7, 9, 10, uh, the, lo- the local papers. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it did create a lot of exposure for the event. And, you know, so we, we trust God that God is at work. And, um, you know, perhaps, um, you know, highlighting this to people who maybe you know, they may be only inquirers or not people of faith. Um, but uh, quite interested to hear martin somebody who the government thought was uh, uh, worthy of um, denying a venue to uh, who when they go online is obviously someone who's uh, very uh, humble uh, and earnest and uh, people would scratch their heads why so I, I do think there is there will be a lot of people who will be uh, just inquiring um, who is martin isles who uh, has has uh, come to great prominence in western Australia because of the cancellation.
0: Well there still may be room for listeners to our conversation today acl.org.au as I understand it over 4,500 people registered so far to see Martin Isles speak in Perth on Saturday night, that's Saturday night this coming Saturday the 14th Then he's going to be speaking Albany, Wednesday the 18th of August, in Bunbury on Monday 23rd of August, and in Geraldton, Wednesday the 25th of August. So acl.org.au to get some more information and to book your seat. It'll be free, but you just need to register, acl.org.au. Dan Flynn, uh, always great getting your insights. Uh, There's a little bit of homework there for listeners today to participate in some of those campaigns that are ongoing. And If you need to listen again to this conversation, it'll be on a podcast a little later on, but certainly important issues for every believer to respond to. Dan Flynn, thanks for doing such a great job there in the ACL. Dan Flynn is Deputy Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Dan, thanks for the update today on 2020.
1: That's my pleasure. Thank you, Neil.